0: going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. So excited that you're here. You are entering the podcasting series. And it's here because as I am in the finale of the Biz Women Rock podcast, if you don't know that total story, go back to that episode and listen to that whole story. But December 2nd of 2019 will be the very last podcast episode. And this week, I'm doing a whole podcasting series because I want to really pay homage to this incredible, magical platform that has given me such wings throughout all of these years that I will be continuing to use through the Women's Meditation Network. Yeah, this is going to be an incredible series. I hope that you've enjoyed it so far. Today, I am bringing on someone super special. Because when I think of the word podcasting, I think of Jessica Kupferman. Those two entities are synonymous with each other. She's someone who has experienced the industry in such a variety of ways. As a podcaster herself, as someone who has owned a business, selling advertising on podcasts, and therefore very much knows the industry, and as a leader and co-founder of She Podcasts a community of over 14,000 women podcasters who, incidentally, just put on their very first live event, She Podcasts Live. During our conversation, Jessica shares how her supportive attitude versus a competitive one has served her in life, in friendships, in business, and in podcasting. She shares a little bit about what her partnership with co-founder of She Podcasts, Elsie Escobar, looks like. She shares about the power of our words and their ability to manifest our visions and how her vision of having a conference for women podcasters came into fruition. And as a side note, and I did not mention this to her in the middle of that conversation, but I had a vision of speaking on her stage before I ever knew that she was putting on the first conference. And so by the time she and I started talking for an episode that we recorded months ago, and I had now then heard about She Podcast Live, I got the courage to say, hey, I want to talk to you about speaking on your stage. And what resulted was me being the keynote speaker for She Podcast Live, which was pretty awesome. Okay, back to the description of the show. She also shares why you don't have to be perfect to podcast and how podcasting has changed her life and ultimately why podcasting is so freaking powerful. Jessica is phenomenal, hilarious. This is totally an all over the place in the best of ways interview. And I'm so excited to share it with you. Beautiful Jessica, my girl. We're both dancing together right now. (laughs) We started our conversation pre-recording singing and now we're dancing together.
1: (laughs) Yes, spontaneity is the key of life.
0: Spontaneity. When I was thinking about putting on a podcasting series, you were the first person who came to my mind for a variety of reasons, but mostly because when I think of the word podcasting, I feel like the words Jessica Kupferming come immediately after that. I feel like you are synonymous with podcasting.
1: <laughs> I love that. I don't yes. know that I deserve that honor, but that is sweet of you to say. Thank you.
0: I think you do in all the best of ways, because I feel like you have touched so many different parts of podcasting and you have experienced podcasting from so many different angles. As the co-founder and community leader of She Podcast, an entire community, 13,000 plus women who 14. are... 14. 14,000. <laughs> good Lord. 14,000 women. By the way, when you were on the show just a couple of months ago, we were talking about you know the She Podcast live event coming up. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you had like twelve thousand women who are part of the community. So boom, yeah, growth, yeah. yeah so always. as the you know organizer and the leader of She Podcast, you have worked in the space of podcasting. You have had podcasting advertising businesses. You have done media in podcasting. You have had your own podcasts. You've just really experienced podcasting on so many different angles. So how in the world did you get started with this platform? Like, Why did podcasting even come across your space in the first place? What was that scenario?
1: I mean, the short story of it is that I was doing graphic and web design and I was feeling a little lonely because you only work with your clients long enough to figure out what they want. And then it's like 40 hours of solo time. And... Even though I'm not particularly an extrovert, like I kind of felt like I should have more human interaction of some kind or at least hear myself talk. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <And> so, Because <laughs> I'm delightful. And so I had a friend ask me to be on her show. And when, she was, and when we were doing it, it felt very much like she was the host of like a, an actual talk show. I mean, I don't mean to say that podcasting isn't actual, but it felt a lot like The Ellen Show or Jimmy Fallon. And I was like enamored by that. And so I wanted to have my own that. I mean, it was in my quest to find more exposure to grow my business. And instead, I decided, well, you know, the best way to do this is just to have your own show and interview all the brilliant people you know. And so I sort of stopped everything I was doing for two weeks and just like, got my own podcast together. And I did it for about two years. It was awesome. I learned a lot. I already had a Community that I had built up from being like a graphic and web designer and social media consultant, so I was able to sell advertising on it right away. And I started noticing that as more and more women podcasters started shows, they were asking me how to do the advertising thing, which is something I didn't notice that I was doing out of the box because it never occurred to me that there was a box. Mm. Like I know how to bundle advertising from like previous jobs, and so when I had my first show. I was just like, oh, you have a new MailChimp course. Why don't you give me like 250 bucks and I'll mention it on the show and then I'll tweet about it. Like, and I just made up a number that felt right. And they were like, cool. They didn't even ask me how many listeners. And I'm not sure I knew how many listeners I had. Yeah. You know, I don't think it mattered. So.
0: What year did you start the Lady Business Radio Show? I want to say 2013. Yeah. Because when I came on the scene with Biz Women Rock, you were the only other podcast that I could find out there that was hosted by a woman talking about business, talking to women in business. The yes, only one. The
1: only other woman who was doing a show even remotely similar was Amy Porterfield. And she was yeah. talking to a lot of dudes.
0: Yeah. I mean, which is great. But when I was doing the research for like, what women are talking to women entrepreneurs? You were the,
1: literally the only one. The only one. And I was happy you came along because then I could be like, have you had this person on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember. was their problem? <laughs> We could dish the dish. There had there was no one to dish with because we were the only ones doing it. It was hard. Yeah.
0: And I remember inviting you onto the show very early on to be like, and I I wanna say this from a business strategy point of view. Like I could have easily seen you as competition. And instead I was like, No, 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 no. She and I need to like we need to know each other. We need to like talk each other up. We need to like share trade secrets. I mean you could have thought that,
1: but I'm classically non competitive. So even (laughs) if you had originally seen me as competition, I would have kiboshed that it's impossible to compete with me because I'll be like, Here, let me help you. And then you'll be like, wait. Well, shoot. We're in a race and I'm winning. <laughs> okay. Here, let me help you win some more. <laughs> okay. I don't care. You know, so. How
0: has that quality served you all of these years?
1: Well, certainly yeah. in friendships, it's gone well. Yeah. Because I I tend to make friends with people who are not... I don't know. Like, I, I don't have any girlfriends that are classic. Like, people who say, like, I hate having friends that are girls or people who say don't get along with women. I don't have any of those types of friends. And if I do, I don't know who they are because they're not petty, judgy. They're all generous with their time. And like, I sort of, well, I had very bad friendships. I had no friendships actually when I was a little girl. And so college was really, or high school and college were really the first time I felt like I had actual friends that were nice to me. And I wasn't waiting for them. Like even in college when I had friends that were being nice to me, like some part of me felt like any minute now they were going to be like, psych! Just really, kidding. we're not friends, yeah. But those girls, I learned that friendship is about helping the other person be their best self. It's almost like a good mm. practice for love as well. Yes. I mean, I had a business partner before, Elsie, that I felt that way about, but this is my point. Like she, she was not that way. She was mm. jealous. And as soon as she was jealous of whatever I had, even though I felt like I was working very hard to let her feel equal and let her be seen as equal, she was jealous and a little petty about it. And I was like, this can't work. But Elsie was always, I don't know what Elsie was. I think Elsie was just like waiting to see what would happen. There were a lot of times on our show, even at the beginning when I was like, you're not reaching your full potential. And that's not cool with me. Because as your partner, I want you to reach your full potential. It wasn't like I need to be seen as cooler or better or smarter. It was like the better you look, the better I look, the better we look together. It's also helped us be like each other's... I mean, I hate the term work wife and work husband, but that is kind of it because the only other person you really do that with is your spouse where you do everything you can to make them happy and fulfilled on their own terms, not on yours. It's like selfless love, I guess. And yes, I don't have a lot of friends that are selfish because I don't think they... I don't think they know how to be around me. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? like, I, I'm loving
0: hearing you describe this because... I feel like this quality of truly living and breathing in a space of abundance and support. And I'm going to specify this for women. That's the
1: perfect word.
0: Specifically for women, obviously, you know, absolutely parallels our love relationships with our partners. But I feel like that is getting, for lack of a better term, like more and more popular. Or there's just so much benefit and loveliness and abundance that comes from that. And I feel like, you know, so often we hear this term like, oh, women are so catty with each other and women can really like downplay each other. And we really like, we're our own worst enemies. And I'm like, that has never been my experience. <laughs> my experience has always been that we really support the hell out of each other. And I feel like what you just said of identifying, like wh- if you having that mindset and that like natural tendency with people people who are not that way or women who are not that way you end up petering out because you just can't work together so if somebody wants to have a competitive nature with you or wants to pair you against them like it just doesn't work with you because you're always I mean, thinking it does, about how I
1: mean but it just makes them look dumb like I'm thinking of like <laughs> like I'm just thinking of like I have a relative a close relative that's on my in-law side that feels competition with me and it always makes her look bad, like, because I am usually in the process of doing something to help this person. Yeah. And then I hear that they've said something not nice about me. And I'm like, wow, I, you might want to cut this part out, Katie, because honestly, it's, <laughs> I have to be vague. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I can't really be too specific. But what I will say is like, you know, like this person and I are the same age, whatever. And so I heard that this person said, I want to be just like them. And I honestly have never given it another thought. Even if that were true, I've never given it a thought. Like if they've noticed that, then it's something I'm subconsciously doing that I wasn't aware of, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. You know, but it's always in the process of me like giving this person grocery money, you know, or buying this person something for her daughter that she can't afford. Like this is when I hear this information. Right. So it's like, wow, you are more of a dick than I thought. (laughs)
0: I think in the space and the reason I really want to drive this point home is because I think in the space of business and you know, absolutely. We can say this to be true in the space of podcasting, but as this is a business show in the space of business, it's about like you continuing to show up with an abundant mindset, with a desire to truly help. And that will serve you so beautifully. It continues to serve you.
1: So around the time of the secret, my husband and I really bought into that BS for a while. And I'm not saying it's BS cuz it's technically not, but yeah. the whole presentation of the secret and how they make it look like the Da Vinci Code and how like yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. this big secret. It's not really a big secret. It makes perfect sense if you just lay it out logically. But all of a sudden I was like reading all these people's stuff like Abraham Hicks and Joe Vitale and I'm like, "Hold on." They're manifesting their destiny by teaching me how to manifest my destiny. I don't like that. I'm not into that. I don't want to be part of their circle of manifestation. I'm out of this chain. But the principle of your life going in the direction of which you speak is very, very strong. Yes. And like, especially with podcasting, I've noticed, but like when I was younger and broke and miserable, and I spoke about that, it did not change When I talk about being miserable, or I talked about being broke, or I talked about having a shitty marriage, like none of that made it better. It only got better when I thought to myself, like, you know what? I am not this person. So I'm not going to be this person anymore by the end. Bye. And like, once I got my college degree, actually, this helped my confidence quite a bit. But like, whatever it is for each person, if you can see, if you have some kind of inner knowledge that no matter what's going to happen, you'll probably be fine then like, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. The trick is to manifest more than being fine, which I haven't exactly mastered yet, <laughs> but I have at least, least gotten to the point of like, I'm going to have everything I need and want when I need and want it. Even if the bank account says zero now, I'll get a client in the next couple of days and it'll be fine. And I always have. Always, And you can ask my husband, I'm oddly weird at manifesting. In fact, if something breaks like the washing machine, I will oddly manifest that exact amount within the next couple of days, somehow. Yes. Okay. And I don't know how, but it happens. Now, why can't I manifest millions and millions of dollars? I'm not sure yet. (laughs) I think because it's also about not a vision board. Actually, I manifested my own husband this way too. It's not about a vision board. It's about somewhere in your body, you can feel yourself at in a future date Doing X, Y, and Z. You don't have to have the whole picture clear. But if you know you're gonna be standing on a stage in front of five, six hundred people at some point for some reason, that is all you need. And then once you've got that there, everything you do, every decision you make goes towards that direction. As long as you have like a you don't even have to know the exact goal, just know that like that's the upper, that's the end. Then you see the end of the tunnel, and there's no other side tunnels. Because that's you, the one that you see. What? When did you see that vision for sheep Podcast Live? When I first met Elsie. Really? When I first met Elsie, I wanted to do live events for my own selfish reasons, because I had children at 21 and 22. And I really felt like that experience, while lovely, did not allow me to be a normal 20 and 30 year old where I could travel and do what I wanted. Like, I've never been anywhere. And so as soon as I got a little community together, well, at the time... Tori Johnson was doing this spark and hustle thing where like March, she was here. April, she was here. May, she was here. And she had different sponsors in different cities. And she was doing like a six cities in six months. And I was like, that is awesome. I want to do that. I want to be in different cities. I want to see different places. I think we could do a she podcast live. And I mean, meanwhile, we had like a thousand people in there and she, and also Elsie hates to travel. And (laughs) And then I got pregnant. <laughs> you know, so but it didn't matter. None of it mattered. I knew that someday you still saw that vision. Yes, there's women podcasters everywhere. All of them need a voice. Someday we'll be able to go to them instead of having them come to us. And then Podcast Movement came, and I thought maybe this is it. I'll just go to Podcast Movement every year and tack on to that. That's not how it worked. And then Podfest happened, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to do. Nope that did, it works, but it doesn't because I did that for a while. But in the end, even though I love doing both of those things, it wasn't hours. Yeah. And I, I needed not to depend on whatever city and hotel Jared and Dan decided or wherever Chris was going to be. Like I had to have my own, I mean, maybe I am extremely controlling, whatever, but I have to have my own.
0: I, <laughs> I just think you know. Feeling. Yes. Yeah. I, just, I, I to totally understand that. Yeah. So you just completed the very first ever She Podcast live event. It yes. took place in early October. At the time of this recording it is mid November. What was that experience like in comparison to the vision that you had all those years ago?
1: 60% of the way there? <laughs> Tell is me. That sad.
0: Uh, no, because I don't I want to make sure that this is not good or bad it just is like I mean listen,
1: when Lady Gaga started out being a singer, could she say that her first live performance was going to be the one that she right. had dreamed of the entire time? Of course not. She was tw- you know, she was 20 and wearing a meat dress or whatever. Like that's not the end-all (laughs) be-all of being a star. So She was a star, but I'm sure it wasn't what she had envisioned. Like, as you grow older, I mean, then also like, you know, you're limited by, last time around I was limited by funds, I was limited by time, and I was limited by experience. Right. And Chris has a lot of experience, but he doesn't have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. being me. Yeah. I'm the only one that has experienced being me. I want
0: to pull back the curtains and just make sure that you listening really hear two things. So number one, that yes, you actually did, you know, the vision manifested is basically like the positive aspect of it. Vision manifested... Tons of women. How many women did you have?
1: 150 women registered and about 550 were there all at one time. I will say that what I manifested did come to pass. I wanted... There were specific things that I really wanted. I wanted everyone to have a good time. I wanted it to be different than everything else. I wanted people to love being there and love being... Like the things that I set out to have, I had 100% and then some. Yep. It's just that I had to compromise on the entire thing because I knew that, you know, as the first time around, it's never going to be perfect. So like, I was like, okay, above all else, I want them to feel, you know, as if they're being taken care of and pampered. I want them to feel in good company. I want them to feel equal to one another and no hierarchies. I want them to feel supported and nurtured. And that was accomplished. So I'm happy.
0: So what I see here is two different things. Number one, yes, you manifested your desire and your vision and you did that beautifully and separately but related but separately is okay it was the first time out like yeah, realistic in this expectations. way and yes. so from a business standpoint it's okay you did it and it's going to be the ugliest that w- it will ever be from right. here and, and out, it wasn't right? even that ugly
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it wasn't even that ugly but like yeah there's definitely stuff i wouldn't do again on purpose and stuff places where i was too generous and places where i didn't pay attention to the budget and places where i compromised because I thought, you know, like the hotel is a perfect example. Like everyone loved the hotel. They loved being there. They thought it was really cool. The whole time I was there, I felt it was very dark. And my pictures are dark and my videos is dark. And like, yeah. yes, it was a beautiful hotel and it's interesting. And it's it's like kind of an i being in there. But also there's no fucking natural light. I didn't see the sun for seven days. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unless I was in my condo. like, And, yeah. and I didn't... I will never do that again because I am not a basement person. I do yeah. not like being in the basement. I got to have sunlight. What? Yeah, I mean that bothered me the whole time even though it was like stupid. It's stupid for that to bother me, but I was like, "Where's the sun?" You know
0: <laughs> You're here on the other end of that very momentous experience. So, you know, I know that we're not done with the story by any means and Yet we're here years into six plus years, almost seven years into sort of your podcasting journey. Mm -hmm. You have manifested and did manifest this incredible dream of bringing women together for the first ever, you know, She podcast Live event. Mm -hmm. You're on the other end of that. You have gone through all of these different evolutions of you experiencing the space of podcasting. Yes. Where does that leave you right now? Like how, what relationship do you have with this medium of podcasting? and how do you feel about it?
1: I felt much more involved in the industry when I was selling advertising. I was definitely kept up on all the trends. Who were the big buyers? Who were the big sellers? What the big shows were? As an event runner, I don't... I mean, I feel like I have to keep up on that to a certain degree. And actually, my show, She Podcast, does a lot of industry commentary. And so simply for the fact of not sounding stupid on my own show, I keep up with it to some degree. But it's a much more shallow skim than how it used to be. And I think I prefer that because I think as in any industry, the more you read about it, the more you realize like it doesn't all really relate to you in your life or what you're doing. And it can be a little bit of like with anything, it can be a little bit of like comparison pain, you know, where I, like I'm doing an event and then I, I'll read about podcast movement or I'll read about, you know, Spotify being a sponsor of this or somebody doing that. And I'm like, you know, like, I don't want to do that. So I keep up on it long enough to see opportunities and get ideas both for my own show and for the event. And then you know, I think I, I haven't been doing it since the beginning of time. Like I'm not a podcaster since 2004. And in fact, back then I thought I was extremely nerdy. So like I can't say that it's in my blood. Although I do, I will say this, like, all the different jobs I've had in podcasting proves that you can do something with a communications degree. Something that I never—I mean, I really. <laughs> when I graduated with a comm degree, everyone was like, "What are you going to do with that?" And I was like, "I have no idea yet." Mm-hmm. It's the only major—the same that boat. You can, it's the only major that you can finish with and still not be sure what your career is going to be. Yeah. At least this way, I feel like I've used this degree to its full advantage. I've been in media. I'm speaking. I do advertising and PR, and I'm booking speakers. Like at least now, I feel like okay. I think I may have gotten my money's worth now. <laughs> that I'm 45 but you know 20 years ago I was still like what the I don't even know I just took a job in ad sales and it all kind of like came together here at the end but I know that I'm like you said synonymous with the term podcasting but I am not the world's best podcaster I have a an instinct and a natural tendency towards video not being on video but editing video yeah. my father was a video producer and I learned how to work a video camera and do funny video early like I was doing music videos early like 11 Mm-hmm. Audio is not instinctual to me. I don't know about levels and equalizers. And I'm not one of those, like, my husband's very into like giant, expensive music speakers. Like, I don't care about that. I don't, I mean, I care how things sound, but like, I'm not one of those people that listens to a podcast and goes, boy, they really need to level that out. Like, I would never <laughs> notice. I'd, and I don't care.
0: I think that that provides a lot of freedom to say, if you are interested in podcasting or you are podcasting, you don't have to be. An audio engineer or an audio, even an audio learner, in order to leverage this platform and in order to have an impact on this platform. So, for example, if you asked me, what I think that my communication gift really is, because I also I have a master's degree in communication, girl. So oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I was like, what I do I do with this bachelor's. thing? Well, uh, go I was stupid enough to out. keep yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's exactly why. Well, let's keep on this path because uh, I have no idea what right. job i could get.
1: again. Who knows? Right.
0: <laughs> but if you asked me what I feel like, where my gift actually really does lie, I would say it's in my writing. And I, I am, know you're a
1: hell of a speaker, though, Katie. A hell of a speaker. I've never I, seen you speak they, without people being like. Open-mouthed and drooling, oh. <laughs> their eyes wide open at your words. So, like, you do have a gift there too.
0: Well, thank you. And I feel like the writing is sort of where the birthplace is of yeah, all of the right. communication okay, stuff. So, enough. so fair for enough. me, for many years with Biz Women Rock, I was like, Am I just like sidestepping my gift? Like, I really feel like I'm not doubling down on my gifts. Let's say being the writer in all these ways. And I have found through the Women's Meditation Network because I actually write and script out all of my of meditations you there you can't first. Can do that on the fly. I guess.
1: I mean, how realistic is that? No, a lot of people do walk um, down the path. I mean, the road. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but this is how gifted. So, Shell Hamilton has the Meditation Minis podcast, and she's yeah, amazing. Yeah. We're again she cohorts in this. I mean, massive, massive show, mm-hmm. amazing podcast. And I was like, okay, so do you write everything out? Or she's like, no, I just show up and I'm in the zone. And I was like, damn,
1: you're talented. She is the zone though. I, sh- I know she so is. She it. doesn't have to write. Uh, she is all. I think she walks around just in. <laughs> that, that, her, her natural you like, her and you get fleeting them. thought. Her natural fleeting thought is, <laughs> "I'm in the woods." It's, uh. <laughs> She Walk with doesn't me. even... Yeah, yeah, Where
0: I'm the, I'm the schmo who has to like write, first, write that right. shit out
1: first, right? Yes, of course. You just start <laughs> in that natural state. Why would you be of two small children?
0: Oh my God. My point is, is that for the specialness of podcasting, like you don't have to be perfect and you actually yes. just need to respect the platform and show up the way that you want to. And evolve your gifts to allow it to fit and leverage the platform. I feel like that's what you have done all of these years. Is that your gifts? You've allowed podcasting to be the door with which you allow your gifts to come through in a variety of ways.
1: Yeah, my gift is like my personality, and so I knew Lady Business Radio would be good because I knew that I had, like I was a B school and I was started out just interviewing other women entrepreneurs that I took this course with, uh, Marie Forleo's B-School. And I mean, there are a lot of interesting women in there, but I knew that it wouldn't be buttoned up. I knew that it wouldn't sound stiff. I knew that it wouldn't be professional a lot of the time. Like I purposefully was not professional with most of these women. And in fact, sometimes I would take 20 minutes just to warm them up. Because if I didn't know them that well, I would start talking about really personal shit because it's a good warm-up to an interview about business. They're already like into the groove, right? spilling secrets. Not that it sounds manipulative, but I mean, it just was just no, no, for no, the know. sake of having fun. And like, I didn't edit my show. Like you said, respect the platform. And I was like kind of cringing on the inside because like, I didn't edit that show ever. If someone sneezed, if the cat came in, if I had to pee, <laughs> it stayed it all stayed. If the person got a phone call, it stayed. And a lot of people said they loved it because in some ways they just never knew what was going to happen. Like the cat did meow. Like would Jessica curse? Would she slam the door? Would she ignore it? How long is she going to ignore it for? It was like purposefully unprofessional, which probably means I didn't respect the craft at first because now I have an editor, but he kind of insisted we use him in our defense. (laughs) Elsie was doing it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I just mean like... I care a lot about podcasters because I know now that if you're a person whose personality, for me, my personality is my selling point. I'm, for whatever reason, because I'm different, charming, loudmouth, whatever. There's probably a lot of words that I didn't list, right? <laughs> but it's a good way of showing people that without having to go through the extra effort of hair and makeup every day like video. And now I'm actually afraid of a video. Game. In fact, I just gave mine to my father because I never use it. <laughs> I bought one two years ago. It was really expensive, but I've never used it. I don't know why. I mean, probably therapy will help me figure that out. But like, <laughs> I just feel like I can just wake up and sound professional, say my thoughts, be funny, be smart. Also, one of my natural gifts is spontaneity, which is why like, if someone tells me the questions that are going to be asked in advance, I try hard not to look. Right, right, right. I don't, I can't prepare because it's never going to be as good. I'll sound canned. Like, I right. just saw I'm, I'm having an interview later this week, and I, the first question was tell us your story. And I like shivered inside a little bit because I was like, "Ah, oh, which one, how many, <laughs> I mean, I'm 45. There's a lot of stories. How far <laughs> back should we go?
0: A little podcasting tip. Don't ever start the podcast with. So well, tell, us tell us a little us bit your about story. yourself. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say.
1: Story. I really, I'm, I'm agonizing over it. But like, so I, I think podcasting is just a way for you to be, I'm sorry, I'm going on a couple different tangents. Cause like actually it's why advertising on podcasts works so well is that the audience has this relationship with you that they would never yeah. have from a blog. Like I'm yeah. a good writer too, but hearing you, hearing your energy and your passion yeah. and like, if you can't see that person, it's the next best thing to getting to know you and really feeling like they know you. Yeah. And that's what I really love about it. And you don't, right, you don't have to be an, an audio engineer to connect that way. It's the connection. The connection is really the most vital and interesting and salesworthy, even part of podcasting. And I am all about connections for sure. That's my thing.
0: How has podcasting changed you? Or how has the industry or podcast, giant capital P, how has this changed you?
1: Well, I never thought I could have a career where I would actually want to go to a conference. Let's just start there. Like I have been in lots of corporate jobs in lots of different types of industries. I've done social media consulting for all of it. And I never thought like, oh God, if there's a conference, I'll just Like I work for Subaru, for example. and You know, I don't want to go to any Japanese auto dealership or, you know, I don't even want to go to where all the headquarters is are for all the cars. I don't care about cars. You know, I was at work for Leisure Fitness. You see how far that got me. Like I you know, I don't want to go to like treadmill conferences and stuff like that, but <laughs> the industry is interesting enough to me where I want to go learn how to be better. I want to see all the people that are doing things differently. I'm fascinated by everyone's different story. I also think that podcasters are this really fun and funny blend of self-conscious and self-deprecating as well as arrogant, smart, funny, and accepting. It's like, there's not a lot of industries. Like, for example, I went to blog her. And the bloggers are not those things. They are either arrogant or scared of their own shadow. There's not a lot of like middle ground of like, let's all help one another. It's very competitive. Mm. I don't feel that podcasters are competitive. They all ask to be on each other's shows and blogs and it's very collaborative. So as far as how it's changed me, I would say that I finally feel for the first time that I've had the opportunity to explore within one industry all the stuff I may be good at, but that I'm not sure I can do. Does that make sense? It's like. That you've, it's you It's given you this platform so to experiment. Yeah. I have done so many different things within the industry. And like, yeah, I was able to build a community, which I actually never thought I would do. And like, so because of that, Elsie and I are now at this question of like, well, let's just experiment on how we can monetize it. Like what other industry can you just be like, let's do some science experiments on 14,000 people and see what works. Or like, do we want to coach this way? Do we want to coach that way? Like a lot of times you're stuck with who you're known as and you can't move around. But this is for me an industry where it sort of serves my need to change. I guess I do have a need to change and I have been able to do that in podcasting without feeling like a failure, which is something I could never do elsewhere. So Mm -hmm. that has really changed me. It's given me confidence. It's let me feel like people really get to know me regardless of what I look like, regardless of what kind of like work I turn in, regardless of how good I am at spreadsheets and things that I, you know, whatever, have never been good at. Like it's flexible enough to challenge me at the stuff I want to be challenged at. And also that I can avoid things I'm really terrible at, which is like, that's a lot to say for a career. Like that's very rare, I think
0: for anyone who is listening who may not yet be into podcasting for those of you listening who are podcasters whether you've been podcasting for a month or for years you have experience in this industry you have some sort of a you know you've scratched the surface on what is here and yes of course there's always more to explore but for those who are listening who have not really tapped into this industry have not really either become a podcaster or even you know been a guest on a podcast or even maybe you know, just ha- haven't really delved into it, what sort of wisdom can you impart about why they should come over <laughs> to this side? Why podcasting is a worthwhile endeavor? Why something like Podfest or why something like She Podcast Live is worth your time if you even are listening to this and therefore interested?
1: You think about listening to a podcast, a good one. You realize that they are connecting with you and your brain in a way that Other types of mediums can't do that. And if you have a message or if you have a passion or if you have something that you've been talking about for a while, but you don't feel like it's getting heard, this is a really good platform to feel heard. Like I blogged for seven years before I started a podcast. And I mean, within weeks, I had people emailing me and telling me what an impact I had. And I mean, I know I had readers because I saw the traffic but podcast listeners have a stronger connection to you. That's just all it is. And like, there's something about building that stronger connection that makes you feel less alone in the world, less alone in your thoughts, less alone in your mission. You're always finding like-minded individuals. And I think that's awesome. I think that in-person conferences and learning how to hone that craft isn't just about equalizing and editing. It's also about how to grow a community that will change the world or how to you know use a social media platform that you know will make a difference if you can only figure out a few little creative ideas. It's about getting inspiration. I've never been to a conference without having like a brilliant idea to come away with. Not because I'm full of brilliant ideas, but I think that other people... There's a, there's a scientific chemistry when you are standing in front of another person, their warmth, their smile, their brain, it all mixes with your brain. And then something clicky and magical happens that can't happen over the internet as much as you would try. There's something about being in person and being with people, hearing people talk, seeing their face, hearing their voice, eating lunch with people you've never met before. Like all of it is new and it's short-lived and it can't do anything but inspire you and inspire your thoughts to be more creative and think outside of the box and do things differently and better. So I feel like those of you who are listening who have either scratched the surface or who aren't a part of it yet, if right now you're listening, you're going, then Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not going to convince you because it's a lot of hard work. (laughs) It's really hard work. And if you're not into this idea, you're not into this idea. But if you're listening to this and you're like, Ooh, how can I, where would I, that is the person that needs to start because your mind is already spinning because of this conversation. And it will not, I assure you, it will not rest until you have worked this out. Mm. And that's why you should go to an event if you haven't already. And that's why you should start really working on what your show would be about and what it would look like and how it would sound and who you would interview and what would you talk about. Write a list of 20 topics right now. Things that you would do on your show, you're off and running. Your voice needs to be heard, yeah. "Quote unquote," Jessica Kumperman. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's voice is important and needs.
0: Yes, to be heard. yes. That's what I really love about this. Is I don't care if you have ten listeners or ten million every single month or just in total, like people are listening and people are searching and people want to hear connection. They want to hear themselves in you. They want to hear something entertaining, something educational, something inspiring, something real. Mm -hmm. And this is just such a powerful platform for it. So Jess, thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your insights. I think it's, it's just been so magical when I sit back and think about the road that you have traveled within this industry and the fact that just being in this industry has allowed us to collide in such a beautiful, way i'm so eternally grateful for that and you listening go check out she podcast live the next one is coming up next fall fall of 2020 and then podfest is coming up march 6th through 8th of 2020 so that is that
1: first go to that first
0: that one will be happening first so go there yeah you will see Jess there and um you'll get a little bit of a tiny feel for just how amazing you really are so thank you so much babe thank you so much